And we are on. Hello and welcome to Sports Unhinged. I am Mo. I'm joined by the guys, Mark, Ujita, and Coach. And today we've got a special guest, our New England Patriot supporter in the group, Andy Turner. Andy, welcome to the show. Andy. Hi, guys. Welcome, Andy. Uh, Andy's one Thanks of the few not- that's been a, a New England Patriots fan for a while, and his loyalties must have been tested, as, as with most Patriots fans, after Tom Brady left to the Buccaneers. But... You stuck with them, Andy. How come you didn't change your colors to to the reds of the Buccaneers like maybe 50% of the Pats fans that I know? Nah, nobody wants to go to Florida. No. <laughs> Good point. Including Urban Meyer. Including Urban Meyer. Yeah, absolutely. Including he, Urban Meyer. He lasted, what, four months? Yeah, every, every, all his hands are somewhere in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Where they belong. On Where someone belong. in Ohio, yeah. All right, we might as well start with, with, with New England, right? So we've got, you know, the Mac versus the Mafia coming up in the playoffs. The first time that New England uh, are meeting uh, uh, the Bills in the playoffs since the merger. Um, Andy, how, how do you see the season? If you can just give us kind of an overview of how you saw the season with New England and, and where do you think they can go in the, uh, in the playoffs? I, I think it's been a, a pleasant surprise, to be quite honest. I mean, I, at the beginning of the season, I think I picked us to go go ten and seven, which is is where we ended up. Um, I I think the defense has probably carried us more than more than people gave them credit for. It, you know, they finally turned up after a, a couple of couple of slow years after after losing losing Flores and losing a couple of pieces last year with with people opting out. I think Jones has. Surprised a lot of people. Um, he got, you know, it was a slow start. There was a lot of baby steps, a lot of, lot of, lot of, gave him a lot of slack to grow, a lot of room to grow. Um, but once, once he, once they got, got his confidence in the team, you know, th- things picked up, and we did, we did look pretty good. And then, you know, as, as is always the case, you know, we lost to the Dolphins, and we, we struggled a little bit, and we are where we are, but we still got a still got a chance now in the playoffs and we see how it goes and, and as a Panthers fan I have to ask how was it having Cam Newton around for uh, uh for a season last year <laughs> the year before so <laughs> why yeah, the worst 20 minutes why? of Andy's life now why would yeah. you do that <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> you, well you see it in uh, across all sport I think don't you people live on live on reputation and then you live on a a redemption story and ultimately as it turned out everybody slows down to look at have a good look at a car crash and that was pretty much what it what it turned out to be it was just you know, cam is not the player that he was with the panthers when you know when they really were a strong team and he was you know the, the mark for that that style of quarterback he just he, physically he doesn't have it and i i think if he possibly still has a role as an impact player, but nothing. You know, he's he's not going to lead a team again. He's he, he's gone. He's done. So will you? Will your next question be? How did you feel about Antonio Brown's game? In uh, <laughs> I mean, it was there kind of a, like it's a great four follow plays. Up, great follow up. That was like four plays, I think. I don't know. I don't think he lasted long enough to uh, to even mention. But we've got the Bills coming up. And week 16, uh, same location, same team. You guys went up against them. And Josh Allen went, uh, you know, for 314 yards, three touchdowns, 104 passer rating. Mac Jones didn't have a great game at that time. 145 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns, 31 passer rating. Do you see a repeat of that happening? Or what kind of adjustments do you think Bill Belichick is going to make going into that game? You, you, well, you saw two contrasting games. I mean, this, this is our third meeting in four weeks, five weeks. Yeah. Um, a bit where, of a rivalry brewing here, John. right? Well, well, I mean, divisionally, that's what we want. It's nice. It's nice to be competitive in the division again. It's a shame that we're not not winning the division, but you know, you, you want competitive football. I, we we saw two very different games. You know, Jones's influence in both of them was minimal. For right. one reason and another, uh, you've got to look at trust. As we always say, trust in Bill. 
and and hope that between the the coaching staff they can figure out a game plan that will that will work. We're, you know, we're we're a little bit weaker on the defense than we'd like to be. There's you know yeah. just inconsistencies in performance more than necessarily personnel. But it, it's not been a great show in the last two three weeks. Um, you you just mistake free football. That's what all, that's what will. If the Patriots are going to win, they have to play mistake-free football because that right. they're not going to out they're not going to outgun Josh Allen. Sorry, you right. just mentioned a few weeks ago that the bye week really didn't help the Pats. Would you agree? Because you were on a good roll until the bye week, and since there's a bit of a momentum loss there. Yeah, yeah. It's you. You, you never want to stop, but you know. You, Ultimately, everybody has to take a break, and you've got to. I don't. I don't know how big an impact that had on the on the on the overall performance. I, I think it was. You you watch the games. As I said, you know, we started making mistakes again. I, I don't know whether you would attribute that to the the bye week or not. It was just where things had always gone right for three four weeks. Right, you know, a couple start going down, and it, it does have a bit of a snowball effect. Now, Coach, I want to bring you into this. Now, the Bills have the number one defense in yards per attempt and completion percentage and overall uh, um, overall defense. They're ranked number one. They've been tired of saying they're number one. They've only allowed uh, over 220 yards against three teams, against Tom Brady, against Mahomes, and that really weird game against the Jets, which doesn't fit in the narrative. But if, if there is a weakness with that defense that New England could exploit, what do you think it is? So, so I want to add, I want to preface this before I answer your question. If you watch the first game of New England Buffalo, they, they, it's almost like they set them up for the second game. 80% of the looks that they gave Mac Jones, and he looked pretty decent in their first game, were single high safety, very seldom rushing him with more right. than five. In the second game, they didn't do any of that. They were almost... 60 40 the other way and i haven't done the actual math with multiple looks on blitz sections rights left taking away flats taking away underneath which is what jones does the best right and as shoney does the best so to answer your question i think that you know buffalo does a lot of what you do best and takes that away it's not that they're special at anything in particular it's not that they're a great run defense or they're a great pass defense or they're a great third down defense. They've done a really good job in the second half of the season taking away what particular teams do in maybe even the second half if you look at what they've done in second halves of the season. So so I think they I think they scout well, I think they coach well. I, I I'm I'm not optimistic for New England. But as, as Andy said, man, I never count out Bill. You never, yeah, never, mean, it, never. Isn't there an argument to be made that their rush defense could be the weakest of a very weakest point in, in a very strong defense when it comes to the Bills? And that, you know, Damian Harris and the running backs of New England have been getting in on a roll here. And maybe Bill Belichick can exploit that a little bit. Uh, and, yeah, and, and yeah but you're, you're, comparing, you're comparing weakest against what? Right. So so are we weakest against? Week 13, 14, 15, right. are we weakest against what what New England does in their best weeks? Because in their best weeks, they do run the ball well, and they help uh, Mac Jones control the clock well. And that's when they do their winning, and that's when New England's defense performs the best. So it, it just kind of depends. I think if you look at the weakest part of Buffalo's defense, it's definitely the run. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't. I also don't underestimate the offensive coordinator in New England. I think he's one of the better ones in the league. I think he can mix and match, take advantage of as you as you just said with their running game. Also, give them different looks so that maybe they they look as a you know single high on the left side and maybe underneath right side with a pistol look, and then Mac Jones knows exactly where to go. 
because those are some similar to looks that they had early in the season. So right. who knows? And I think and I think another weakness that the Bills have that you know I'm, I mean we're look we're fishing for weaknesses here, but when it comes to penalties, right? I think they're twenty seventh on defense. I think twenty something on offense. So they're one of the worst teams that are left in the in, in the in the playoffs right now. Uh, when it comes to penalties. So that could factor in as well. But I think I agree with what Andy says. If, if New England are to win this, it has to be a mistake-free game by Mac Jones. I mean, the pick six against Miami last week, that can't happen again. Um, and and yeah, so, well, Vegas is open now with, with Buffalo four-point favorites and the over-under is at 44. Um, shall we take a round quickly to, to bring in some predictions? Andy, I know what you're going to say, uh, hoping for New England to win there, but are you expecting a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? <laughs> well, the, I don't... I'm, I'm usually wrong on these things. I don't... Given the weather forecast, I mm. think it's going to be a little more attritional than, than high-scoring. You know, I think that we're, we're looking at single-digit Fahrenheit temperatures and 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 you know some pretty miserable weather conditions. So I don't think that's going to help anybody on on, e on either side. And I, I think that's probably what will make it more of an attritional game than than an explosive one. Um, so I, I I I'm not expecting it to be a high scoring game. But as I said, I'm I'm usually wrong there. Okay, Mark. The, the close the, the the closer the lower the score, the more chance the Patriots have got. I think that's the right. way I've got to look at it. Okay, Mark. Oh, if if New England can stop Josh, Josh Allen's running game, they're going to win. That's that's my view, and I think they'll probably do that. So I'm saying New England by four in about a twenty to sixteen game, something like that. Okay, Eugita, you've been quiet. Give us your perspective. Yeah, look, uh, Buffalo's found their run game, and I think they've done about hundred yards per game in the last month. So um, and I think they're going to keep doing that. Uh, I think for New England, uh, Hightower and Van Noy will be very important in this game. They're going to have this cover the crossing routes because I think that's where Buffalo will go. As Mark said, if you stop um, Josh Allen and him getting out of the pocket so easily, that's where New England will make a game of it. But I think Buffalo has more of a momentum now going into this playoff. So uh, I think I'll take Buffalo in this. Sorry, Andy, but uh, Buffalo, but I'll, I'll keep it under. I'll keep it under because it's going to be a run heavy. All right, coach. Buffalo to cover the four against wow. Bill Belichick in the weather in New England. Okay. Wow, I am... no, no. No? No, no. I, I'll Buffalo. take New England. I'll take New England. I'll take them as a win ticket. Um, they'll cover the four easily as a plus four, and it will definitely be under. The weather will keep it under. And expect something silly like the tuck rule to come in, like the back in the days Oof. of snow and cold and, and Oakland or whatever they are now, and John Gruden and, yeah. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll, yeah, give me New England. I ran the numbers as well, and I'm going for a very, very close game that will go right to the wire. I'm actually going for over uh, in, in, in this particular one, and I'm going 28-27 New England, and it will come down to a field goal, a final play, a pick six, a safety, something crazy that will happen, and New England will... A missed field goal through. by Buffalo with the last kick of the game. <laughs> right. So, and, 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 hold on, hold on. Am I correct to say that You've not done that well in in pickums this year. Uh, be, uh, come, oh, I was yeah, hoping to leave let that it go. Okay, well, fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll let it go yeah, to the please. end. Please, yeah. We'll talk about it in the end. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I don't know what can I, I, I indeed it. I'm, I'm, I'm the Indianapolis <laughs> Colts. You know, like, like <laughs> we're gonna call you Frank Light from now on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when's it's, it's terrible. <laughs> when <Wentz>. you will, <laughs> when's you will be known as Frank Rice. All right, we, we'll, we'll revisit the other remaining five playoff games in a bit, but I want to kind of go back to last week and talk about that crazy game between the Chargers and, and the Raiders. Um, it's the timeout whistle heard around the world. Everybody's talking about it. Um, a, a small group are actually defending Brandon Staley for, for that, saying it, it wouldn't have made a difference whether he called the timeout or not, but all the evidence shows from the long snapper talking to Austin Eckler to, to uh, um, 
Basachi's uh, uh, press conference later on indicating that they were actually going to just go for for, for the draw at the end. Um, I mean, this, this is one of the young minds that was immediately compared to Bill Belichick, and he's one of those geniuses that is transforming football, and, and people went too far just because he's an aggressive coach. He goes a, a lot for fourth, 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 down, uh, fourth downs. Um, has he coached himself out of the Coach of the Year award here? Um, Mark, what is, what is your perspective on this? Yeah, I think he'd lost track of what was going on, to be perfectly blunt. I, I think he forgot it was over time. He, he wasn't going to get the ball back if, yeah. if the field goal was kicked. I think he just lost track. He's, he's made a big error that he's going to have to live with until he gets the chance to put it right this time next year, if he can. Um, just a big mistake. Yeah. Human. Yeah. Human mistake. Awful. And with that, the Raiders now go to the playoffs. Yujita, um, are the Raiders the absolute worst team in the playoffs this year? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know where you're pointing right now because I have no It's full, the other uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> Steelers. Steelers. <laughs> yeah, the Ra- Raiders aren't. I mean, look, the, they, they've done enough to get to where they are. I mean... Uh, I mean, to take the uh, Chargers game and they went for that field goal and number of things could have happened, could have been blocked, could have been run the other way. But, you know, they took the chance uh, and they went for it. And uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah, I'll put them definitely underneath their seventh. So I'll, uh, I'll put them under under the Raiders. The Raiders, look, they've, they've got a defense that Gus Bradley can come up with some schemes uh, to get Raiders a win. Uh, Against Cincinnati, I, I think I'm not going to go all out on Cincinnati uh, for the Raiders game. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Right. But I wouldn't say that. I'm sorry, the you're, you're avoiding the question. Who's the worst team in the playoffs? You're avoiding I just said the Pittsburgh. question. Yeah. Okay. You're enough. avoiding yeah. listening. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, got, it's got to do with all your time on earth, but, uh, you know, uh, you got to listen. Uh, I, I would I would say the Steelers because we know how the Steelers got to where they are. They they fought it out. They ugly ugly games they came through. But the Raiders, I mean, yeah, they also had their all sorts of uh, you know coaching issues, their wide receiver issues, Derek Carr, all that stuff. But yeah, I don't think they're the worst. Um, maybe second, I would think, but not the worst for sure. Andy, do you agree? I I think the, the Raiders have got more talent than they show on the field. I, I think, you know, with with Crosby and Renfro, you know, if you know if they they have some ability there, they have game changers on the field. You know, we all know all of the things that they've had to deal with off the field and, and the general chaos that tends to follow the Raiders around wherever they're playing, wherever wherever they're based. But they, they are they have put they have players to put on the field that can that you know that can make a make a difference. Um, I that, again, they're they're relying heavily on things falling their way, yeah. you know, especially against the, the Bengals team that are on a bit of a roll right now. But yeah, I don't I don't think the Raiders are terrible. Okay, Co- coach. Let me go back to the to the uh, Chargers, and I think from a coach's perspective, something tells me that maybe the timeout was not the most outrageous thing that you saw there because. For me, when I when I went back and looked at the at the game uh, and looked at the highlights, um, the run defense for the Chargers was absolutely terrible. And I think there was one play where you kind of saw that this team is not ready for the postseason. It was a third and twenty three, and they gave up twenty three yards on a run to uh, Jalen Richard. I think that was the point where I think everything started turning around for them. What else do you see? in terms of the future for this Chargers team with this coach? Yeah, uh, what would they I, need to work I, on on the offseason? I, I like his reasoning. And after watching the game and listening, after listening to his press conference, he has a valid reason. And you don't just kind of make that. It's not like you're in the heat of it and go, oh, time out, and then go to your press conference. What he speaks is likely the truth. And it's very simple. At that point, they've got a 55-yard field goal. He calls timeout. He's got one more, right? Right. Which means if they miss it, 
He's one completion from kicking his own field goal and winning. But he so, took the timeout to realign his defense because he saw something he didn't like, and he still gave up those yards to, to, to realign the completely run. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah. realign the run defense. I didn't say the defense didn't succeed. I didn't say his reasoning was sound in what his defense pulled off. I'm saying that as a coach, you want to give that opportunity to whatever happens. Yeah. <clears throat> now, with that being said. I would have never called the timeout. Let it run. Yeah. If you remember back to the, I think it was Ohms, New England, and Seattle, Bill Belichick never called that timeout at the end of the game, right? Because right. he felt like his people were more prepared in that situation to let it play out. They would be calm and, and succeed in, in, in what happened on that play. So um, if, if I look at what that does for San Diego, I LA. still think it – they're LA Sorry. now. <laughs> For the Chargers, I, st yeah. I still think that it gives them a little bit of confidence in the coach. You know, he's thinking of them. He's he's thinking of what can I do to set them up for, for success. Now, whether they pull that off or not, it's up to them. And I think that gives him stability as a coach, right? So I called timeout. I wanted to set up my run defense. I gave you guys the opportunity. Now, you didn't pull it off, but that doesn't mean I wasn't there for you. Right. So I think that gives him – I don't want to say an out because, listen, and it probably didn't lose the game, but it didn't tie the game either. So I, I do think that gives him a little bit of an in with his players. But look, uh, <coughs> why did he have to adjust the run defense? He already stopped Josh Jacobs' run. He, the he adjusted play. it and came out with a vanilla formation. He didn't even come out with a blitz or something that, that is a bit different, yeah. right? He came and out with you a get normal... gash for like eight yards. I mean, yeah. what was the reasoning behind well, that? Let, let's be clear. He doesn't call the defensive signals. Yeah. He is feeling like they're not in the right place. He calls the timeout, and then whoever calls the defensive signals and then, the, look, the players play. They have to get in the right situation. Who, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Th those guys get paid millions of dollars to take what's called, even his assistant coaches, who's a defensive coach and a defensive specialist, they also get paid to put them in the right spots. L let's, not, let's not cut away to give Oakland a little bit of Oakland. Let's not cut away to give Las Vegas a little bit of credit. Jeez, I feel like Mark. Stop I'm sorry. living in the yeah. past. You're making um, me look good. The, the Raiders. We need to let's book not, you an appointment. Let's not, let's not cut away from them. You know, Jacobs made a heck of a run. He right. made a cut at the point of contact that did get them that yard. So are those extra yards. So don't, don't take that away but, from them either. Right. But w what are the odds that Jacobs wasn't going to run up the middle? That that would be the play the Raiders would call. They call that the previous. They're gonna call that again. Right. The Chargers should have been ready for that interior run. So I'll challenge you to go back and watch the film, and I'll, right. I want to. I want you to watch the center look at the guard. Or sorry, the two technique that gets blocked and released on the linebacker to open it. They didn't do that the play before. The play before mm. they doubled it. And the, the Sam linebacker came in and closed. This time, he, he looked to double. It was blocked by the guard, and he released on the Sam linebacker. And he did gain his yards. So give Oakland just a bit of credit, but also slam oh, yeah. dunk. Slam dunk the Chargers for not saying, hey, they might block it this way. So the, the weak linebacker come in and fill the gap. I mean, you, right. you it is what it is. But at least his, his, his job is safe for next year. He's not going anywhere. That wasn't yeah. the case for many of the other coaches. We've seen Zimmer being let go, Joe Judge being let go, Matt Nagy whoo, being let go. Um, finally. Finally. Um, <laughs> no and, more and also, Nagy segment on here. Nat, but one of me. the discussions we've had on the, um, uh, on the WhatsApp group is around the firing of Brian Flores and whether it was justified or completely outrageous. Now, the media's kind of perspective on this is very clear that it, it doesn't make sense it's going to put Miami in football purgatory once again until they find another coach we went back and forth on this Ujita give us your perspective on on the on the Brian, Brian Flores uh firing it was all this is obvious man I mean it, it was a matter of who got into Stephen Ross's ear first 
And it's obvious that Chris Greer did it. The guy's been there, what is it, like two decades now with the organization. All right. So obvi- obviously, there was something in the background. Um, and he beat Flores to the punch. Flores is out there on the field taking care of business. This guy's sitting up with Stephen Ross. And we don't know what he's talking about. Um, I mean, look, Flores has, ha- has had a better win completion. I went back and looked at this. And the last time a better win completion than Flores was back in 2004. Um, I don't remember the coach's name, Dan something. Um, and so this is a clear, you know, it's, it's, it's a dysfunctional team, right? You've had a guy who've come in, I think the first year, it was about 5-11, and 11, I guess. But then he's had back-to-back winning seasons. And that's the first time since 2002-2003. So what's he done wrong here? Tua was Steven Ross's guy. Uh, you picked um, Tua over Herbert. Uh, right. you know, so who's complicit in all that? Okay, you, you, you did give him uh, Jalen Waddle, who's been great this season as wide receiver rookie. Okay, but then you put him behind an O-line that can protect him. One of, he, worst, uh, one of the worst, one of the worst O lines in, yeah. in the league, and, and you didn't do anything to beef that up. And you got Tua, who's a guy who can get twenty plus yards consistently. So th- this is not. I mean, we've had so many teams. Look, I'll, I'll take the Eagles as an example, yeah, because that's all I know. Um, the, the Eagles have had was the three coaches. Since Hold on, is this being recorded? That's all he knows. It's yeah. Being recorded. <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that is all. Right. I will say it publicly, man, out there. That is all. I know. Uh, the Eagles have had three coaches, uh, and the, 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 the after Andy Reid, right? You had Chip Kelly, Doc Peterson, and Sirianni. All have had plus five. How many years have they each spent there? Because I have a bit of a different perspective on this, uh, and I'd like to get Andy in on this because no, it's even, in, the, in, 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 the, even the, the Eagles had had. He's in the tree. Mind. He's in the Bill Belichick tree. We got to talk yeah. to Andy about Flores. But isn't isn't it amazing to see a team in your division go through this kind of dysfunction? But I think the. The, the difference with Flores when you compare him to any of the other coaches, I mean, some of them were, I think, were common sense decisions in, you know, Joe Judge, Matt Nagy, you know, they, they'd lost control of what they were supposed to be in, in control of. I mean, you know, some of the stuff Judge was coming out with, you know, he, he, he was getting fired regardless. Um, I think the thing with, with Flores is, and as, as you typically see within the media, you know, everyone's got their contacts, everybody's got their sources of information. There's very few secrets, typically right. speaking. And I, I think that's part of why the Flores firing got so much traction is because nobody had been talking about it. You know, there, there was no, there was no whispers, there, there was nothing. And then it, it, it caught everybody off guard. Even without that, I think people would have been surprised because he's he's not ruffled any feathers publicly. You know, he's got on with he's got on with his job. He went down there as a a fairly well respected coordinator. You know, not not always in charge of the calls in New England, but he, you know, he he did his job well. He he had a well run unit, and I think he's gone down there and he's he's made a lot of improvements in in Miami and you know, some. Some of the free agent signings didn't work out. You know, Carl Van Noy followed him down there, didn't stick. You know, has come has come back and has, has has played as if he never left for us. But he's, yeah, you know, Ajita nailed it. You've got a dysfunctional management structure. You've got an owner that doesn't live in town. He's not there every day. You know, he's he's getting all the Chinese whispers as to what's what's going on and his favourites that he's going to choose to listen to. I, these kind of decisions, you have to, you have to assume that he's already got somebody lined up yeah. to replace him. Because why why would you make that call? No, why would you fire a coach? Sense? He's yeah. eight and one in his yeah. last nine. Exactly. Eight and one. He's and, not he's not five and four. He's not four and five. In his last nine games, we had some issues in the beginning. Their their star yep. quarterback, as we'll call him, that broke his ribs. He missed some games. And then they righted the ship, and he went eight and one. And there, there's I'm, another I'm, I'm, coach in Carolina who was one well, and eight. Not, we'll talk about him not, in a bit. We'll so talk that about not him in a bit. Speak to the dysfunction, right. as Ujitha and Andy so eloquently put it, to what's happening. I mean, well, there, there well, are thing, other dysfunctions in Florida, right? But see, 
I'm on the other side of this argument, and because we, we can't just look you at come this. from a dysfunctional team. Yes, I do, <laughs> uh, and, and but we can't just look at this at, at this season in isolation, right? They started terrible, and then they went on this amazing run. Brian Flores, like Andy said, has not ruffled any feathers. Is take the likability factor of it uh, out of it. Take all of that out of it. Just look at the numbers. You've got three years without reaching the playoffs, right? You've got a, a losing coach that hasn't reached the playoffs and he's been given three years. That is all you need to really look at at this moment to justify it. Yes, does it make sense? Um, unless you've got someone else lined up, usually if you let go of a coach and he becomes the hottest thing in the, in, in the market, maybe you've done something wrong. But at the same time, you've had a few distractions. The Deshaun Watson thing happened in the middle of the season. Um, two out of the last three coaches before him in Miami at least reached the playoffs uh, uh, one time. Um, he's a losing coach that hasn't reached the playoffs. So I think, yes, it's great that he's on the market. Whoever picks him up will be lucky. He's definitely the best candidate out there. But maybe his time has run its course in Miami, three years. Yeah, I, 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 I genuinely don't think you can look at it with that, with that perspective. It, it, if if you wanted if you want to be on the inside justifying the decision, then perhaps that's the angle that they're that they're running with in saying that. I think if you look at the the team that he inherited and the 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 mess that they were and the organisation that he's put on the field in in terms of how much better discipline they are now. Um, I you know, the Deshaun Watson thing I can't imagine for a second was of his making. No. You know, that that's something that's been forced upon him to deal with. I, you know, I, I don't think that I don't think that can be be held against him either. It, it's just they they are a, they've been a competitive team for two years. They're in a very competitive division. Mm. You know, they're he's four and two against Belichick, the, so it's uh, that's something. Yeah, I mean, he, he's that should be enough. <laughs> he's got he's, he's he's not a. He's not a fool. He know, you know, he knows he knows his job. Um, he's I, I would expect he was as gobsmacked as the rest of us when they told him he was going. Now I hope Mark, he ends up in Chicago. Yeah, I think everybody everybody that's looking for a head coach now would hope that he's there. Mark, very quickly in like thirty seconds or less, Matt Nagy, the era's over. Where do where do the Chicago Bears go from here? Do you trust the ownership enough to make the right choices at the head coaching position? No, they, they, they've got Bill Pollyan in to help. You know, he's very well respected. He's he's found some good coaches, you know, many, many years ago. Uh, I don't trust the owners. The press conference that George McCaskey, the president, gave on Monday was hideous. Awful. He, should, he, he shouldn't have bothered. He does one every year. You know, he fired Ryan Pace. He fired Matt Nagy. The fans are happy. Yeah. Don't do anything else. Don't come on. And then he said, I'm not a football man. I'm a football fan. You know, oh. I'm sorry, but you've got to be a football man if you're running a club, a fairly big club. Right. You know, so now I don't have tremendous faith in them. I'm hoping that the people they've got evaluating the general manager and head coach positions can do a decent job. Um, Dodds for general manager, Flores for head coach would be a, a nice one for me now for me the um the most outrageous thing when it comes to coaching is that matt rule still has a job i mean yeah. this is the guy out of all the coaches that have been fired right now he, he's played against all of them and he's got a record of zero and six against all of the coaches that have been fired um he's already fired three assistants <laughs> He's fired three assistant coaches now, the special uh, teams coordinator, the offensive line coordinator, the defensive line coordinator. And Mark just told me before we, uh, we came on this podcast that he was on the radio on a, or on a podcast or something with an interview, and he made more outrageous statements. He said that Sam Darnold is in the same category as Justin Field. Uh, and Mac Jones. And Mac Jones. That he, he didn't need to draft a quarterback in 2021 because he's got Sam Darnold. And this worries me because that means that he's doubling down on the Sam Darnold choice. Um, he actually said that he wished that Brady Christensen got more left tackle reps earlier in the year instead of swinging him around. So he admitted his failure there. Um, he also said on, on passing on Brashant Slater that he was not the ideal size, ideal tackle size, and that they weren't comfortable taking a guard that high. 
Um, and he's, he's saying that, you know, he's got a mobile quarterback in, 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 in LA, which is why he's succeeding. It's absolutely unbelievable. I don't know how this guy has a job, but let's not waste more time um, on, 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 on these guys and go back to the playoffs. Um, Raiders Cincinnati. I mean, we've touched on this a little bit. Um, Cincinnati, our five and a half point favorites. The over-under is at 49. I sense that a few of you feel that the Raiders can pull an upset here. Um, Andy, what do you think? I I think you've got to, you've got to go on form, and that that I think the Bengals at the minute on form are probably going to overpower the Raiders. If if Burrow's given the time, he's you know he, he's 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 going to pick him he's, he's going to pick him off quite nicely. I think. I think I think there's a there is a very strong chance that they're gonna they're gonna cover that score quite quite comfortably, unless Crosby can get in his face and knock him off balance. Then I I don't see the Raiders being able to stop him because if they can't stop him, then Mixon will just run past him anyway. Yeah, yeah, Coach. Cincinnati to cover and big over, blowout, blowout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rujita. Yeah, look, I think Cincinnati is going to win the football game, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as you guys think it is. I think, just like Andy said, Max Crosby and uh, the other guy, Yannick Ngakwe, this is the best edge rushing duo in the league. And if, if those guys, and, and by the way, um, Joe Burrow is, is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Yeah. So that uh, pass protection isn't great. Isn't great. And if these two guys... Get after him, get him up early. And he threw only 148 yards in when they met previously. Um, so it could be a tough game for, for him. The Darren Waller's back for the Raiders. They're yep. going to use him on offense with Renfro. Uh, yeah, I know what you say. He's, he's not, it's not going to be very, very healthy. Josh Jacobs doing some running. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be closer. Cincinnati will still win the football game, though. Okay, Mark, you expecting any surprises? No, I don't think it's going to be a blowout personally. I understand why coach says that. I just think it'll be a bit closer. Of course, this is a matchup of two teams that the Bears beat this year, which makes my life very frustrating. Um, but no, I think the Bengals will win by five or six, but um, I don't think it's going to be one of those where you're 20 points ahead in the first quarter. I happen to agree with coach. I've got Cincinnati 40. Raiders 13. I think it's okay. going to be a complete blowout. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Let's see how okay. it goes. It's the Our, playoffs, man. One game. It's, and it's, it's lucky season. you're not playing a pick six this week. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to be more liberal with my picks. Uh, now, we're looking for surprises here in the playoffs. Uh, we've got Philly at Tampa Bay. Yujita, uh, you kick us off with this one. What are your chances? I and mean, we, we spoke over the phone a little bit. I told you that I'm, I'm kind of debating whether Philly could actually pull the upset. I couldn't do it. I've got Tampa Bay winning 23 to 17. So you still pick Philly to cover, but I'm still picking Tampa Bay to win the game. Obviously, you're going to say that, you know, Philly can, can pull this off. If they do, how will they go about it? Yeah, put your tackle box away, man. I'm not taking the bait. I, you know, contrary to... Uh contrary to valid rumors i'm a realistic guy okay <laughs> the, the, the eagles will have to put up an effort of epic proportions and uh, there's no doubt about it dude. uh is tampa bay gonna win yes they are okay they've got the people in places uh how could you say um, that out loud man i'm still talking here i didn't okay. yield my time all, all right. right all right <laughs> from an if I wasn't an Eagles fan, yes, they are going to win the game. They, you know, this is the uh, third uh, best run defense in the league. So, but look, if the Eagles do A, B, C, and and then minus all the penalties that they might give, uh, that's how they're going to win. A is, you know, don't lose track of the identity. Number one, rush offense. Keep running the ball, but maybe not so much on the interior because you got Bitevai and Sue. And so you're not going to be able to do your standard running up the middle. You're going to have to do perimeter runs because uh, it seems like JPP and Shaq Barrett's going to come back. So it'll have to be a little unorthodox. Um, Jalen Hurts will have to make those RPOs work. Uh, and, and that's how they win. Just keep running the ball. You know, don't do anything crazy. doesn't matter 
if you don't get too many yards, it's still carried like 30, 40 times. Even if it's three yards per carry, four yards per carry, just keep going at them. That's all you got to do. And on the on the defensive side, pass rush has been the issue for the Eagles on that defense unit. And it doesn't look like Josh Sweat, Josh Sweat might play. So if we can get off to Brady, we know where he is. He's in the pocket. He doesn't move out anywhere. If we can get up to him early, and if we don't cover the middle, and this is what people like New England and the Saints did, they covered the middle, went after him really early. That really flusters him. If we can't do that, um, that's going to be a problem. I don't see anyone who really can cover Gronkowski. Darius Lee will have to play his you know, career game to uh, take Gronkowski out. Um, TJ Edwards, I mean, ever since TJ Edwards came in the eight, in the eighth week, the opposing uh, run yards has gone down by 40%. So that guy's been, he's been a big impact. Um, so he's going to play, he's going to have, have a career game. So like I said, that'll be epic proportion effort uh, to actually win this game. I think if the Eagles do win, it's going to be the biggest upset in, I don't know, 10, 15 years in the playoffs. And it's the right uh, season for this kind of thing to happen because crazy exactly. things have happened. Exactly. There. Crazy things have happened, yeah. But we wait and see. I mean, you still got Tom Brady in the playoffs. Uh, we can't let that overwhelm us. You got to get up after him early. Yeah. All right. Coach, give us your perspective on San Francisco at Dallas. Now, Dallas is uh, three-point favorites. Uh, the over-under is at 50.5. Um, it. I imagine that the line would be a bit more kind of that you know Dallas would be heavier favorites here they're only three-point favorites why is that you know I think of all of the matchups in the NFC um, Dallas does not want to play San Francisco they're on a little bit of a roll their play colors are really rocking the play sheet Um, you know I've heard the word bully they kind of bully defenses around Um, and I see that I've watched you know five of their last six games at least the highlights and they do. You know, he's really in a groove calling plays. They've, they've done what they've done best. My fear is that they rock back to the conservative play calling of Jimmy G in 2019. And you play you, you, you conservative play call enough to win the game and run it and try to bully. And the Dallas defense is much different. You know, they have the ability to adjust. You, you can like Dan Quinn, you can not like him, but the guy can coach play to play, um, and he's got some playmakers on defense. So uh, I like Dallas to win. I, I like them to be more than three. I'm not sure about the over-under, to be honest, because I, I don't know where the offense comes out. I don't know if they go run heavy. Um, I don't know if the offensive coordinator of Dallas is as um, – savvy as everyone wants him to be and and has a big offensive you know genius as everyone wants him to be like the joe brady guy oh wait where did joe brady coach oh never mind i know um i, I just i'm not sure about not that. any very so, important the college team yeah well not, now it doesn't matter um <laughs> I, I like dallas to win um but i like this to be a close game i, I like I, I think this is one of the few games i think i will enjoy as a former coach to watch now, uh, Andy, as New England fans are, are more familiar with Jimmy Garoppolo than, uh, than most, um, from what you've seen, does he have the potential to actually become a great quarterback? Or was Bill Belichick or were the New England Patriots right to move on from him? I think what we've seen from him in San Francisco is probably what the Patriots realized they got while he was with them is that he is somebody that does he does have a game winning ability I mean he started a cup was it a game and a little bit for us when 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 Brady was out and you know, he looked great how much of that was down to the system I don't know but the I think that unfortunately for, for Jimmy the sad reality is he is never going to be healthy enough to be relied upon um, his thumb injury now how much of an impact that's going to have on him this weekend, nobody really knows because he's only, he's only got to get knocked once and right. that's it. He's going, to, you know, he's going to be spraying the ball all over the place like he was when he first took the injury. You know, he went from looking pretty comfortable to being absolutely horrific and against Dallas, they can't afford that. Um, I, I, I do fancy the 
49ers to to win, to pull off an upset. Um, I think the Cowboys played their Super Bowl last week when they never took their foot off the gas. <laughs> and I think some of that, I, I think that will breed, some, just, just because of how they are, I think that will put some complacency into them this week. And if the 49ers stay true to themselves, I think they have a chance of, of, of picking them off. But yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy's got to be, got to be healthy. He's admitted this week that all the, the talk about his future is is unsettling. I mm. honestly don't know who would want to trade for him at this and, point. And for that reason, I think Dallas um, are on a roll right now. I think they win thirty five. I think I've got it thirty five twenty one. So I've got it at the at the over. And I think by the second half they'll just they'll just pull away there. Um, all right. Um, this episode is taking a bit longer than usual, but we've got a lot to cover. It's the playoffs, so. Let's move on to the next game. We've got Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Pittsburgh that managed to wiggle their way into the playoffs. I've had to go at them all season and I'm changing my tone here, but um, they're 12 and I mean, KC are 12 and a half point favorites. Uh, this is, you know, the biggest uh, line in, in, in the playoffs. Uh, big Ben Roethlisberger in the press conference talked about jokingly, sarcastically, Najee Harris didn't seem to to get the joke uh, about how they shouldn't be there. Uh, they're very big underdogs. Um, they were lucky to get there, and they're just gonna go out there and enjoy themselves. Are, are these mind tactics? And could yep. Pittsburgh pull uh, pull the uh, pull, pull the upset here? Anybody here thinks that Pittsburgh could actually beat Kansas City? No, I do. This is if I had to pick a surprise upset <laughs> in the playoffs. It's Pittsburgh winning 31 to 30 against Kansas City wow. at Arrowhead wow. in one of the biggest upsets because it's been that kind of season. Now, we didn't talk about Indy in detail, but who would have thought that, you know, Jackson, other than coach, of course, who would have thought that Jacksonville could actually pull off this, uh, this upset? I've got Pittsburgh actually pulling it off um, because, you know, there's not much to talk about here when it comes to kind of common sense and logic. Casey have the best in everything over Pittsburgh. Uh, but for some reason, I just think it's going to be one of those mind-bending games and we're just not going to, like, what the hell just happened kind of situation. <clears throat> Coach, you, I see you nodding. You're the only one that's nodding. Everybody else is <laughs> shaking their heads. Look, I, I, I think they, they found how they run the ball um, and that's what wins championships, in my opinion. If you look at Tampa last year, those last three or four games and the, and the four in the playoffs, they got into the rhythm of running the ball, right? And what has, what has Pittsburgh done the last two weeks? They found a rhythm running the ball. And so I think that helps your play caller and your offensive coordinator. You know, I think that, uh, oh, Jesus, of all the, all the quarterbacks in the NFL, it helps Ben of, right. of you know, taking that pressure off him. If there's going to be an upset, I think it's that because they can control the clock. Um, now, if the Mahomes of old shows up, I'm completely wrong. Yeah. But I'm not sure that that guy exists this season for whatever reason. I have nothing to base it on other than gut. I just think if there's going to be an upset, this is the one. Right. I mean, I mean, the bet for the Pittsburgh to cover, cover 12 and a half, I think it's, uh, uh, I think they'll cover. it's an easy one. And I think it'll be under or... Um, they won't cover and it'll be super over. Yeah, super, super over. There's yeah. no in the middle there. Right. Now, the, the toughest game for me to pick was Arizona at the Rams. And, and that's why I want to get everybody's perspective on this particular game. Um, the Rams are four-point favorites. The over-under is at 49.5. Uh, Mark, why don't you kick us off here with your favorite quarterback, Matthew Stafford, MVP, MVP. candidate. Love uh, him. Love him. Wishes in the beds. How do you think this goes? Uh, Hold on. Andy Dalton won't be with you next year, so be careful what you wish very for. Very sad. Very sad. Where's he going? I, I don't know. I, I don't care. He's, he's going, going away. He's going away. He's going away. He'll follow Matt Nagy. Arena football. He'll follow Matt Nagy to Baylor. <laughs> um, if the game was in Arizona, I'd actually really fancy the Rams because Arizona at home have been appalling. I think they've lost five games at home or something. So... Uh, the fact that they're playing in Los Angeles helps Arizona. Um, I do fancy the Rams, though. 
They just seem a bit more consistent. I like their defense so much. I really do. How could um, you not? They've got everybody there. It's exactly. Like a, and they just know, it's like a pro ball. Done. Yeah. So I I think this is going to be a 10-point game in favor of the Rams, something like 30 wow. to 20. Wow. Okay, Yujita. Um, I think it's an evenly matched game, to be honest. Uh, given what's happened in the last few weeks, Arizona, uh, you know, I think um, they had a really good start to the season, middle, and but then the last couple of weeks, something has kind of dropped off. Um, so, and it's evenly matched with how the Rams have been kind of up and down after the first seven, eight weeks too. So it, it's it's a tough one to call because uh, even Kyler Murray, he he looks a bit, he looked a bit like how Mahomes did in the first half of the season where he's too worried about the pass rush and you know, just moving around way too much, move, you know, losing yards, uh, moving backwards in the pocket uh, rather than sideways. Yeah, their defense is good. So I think if he spends a lot of time worrying if Aaron Donald and Miller and Floyd are coming after him and just uh, makes a lot of mistakes with the passing game, the Rams could could do it. And, you know... I'll agree with Mark. Um, this is a uh, this is going to be a problem for. I think it's more pressure on uh, Stafford here. Owen is he one three in the playoffs? Is that what it is? You would know better. Yeah. Uh, okay, so he's never won a playoff game. So no. the, the pressure is definitely on him. You know, no more excuses of I didn't have that guy. This guy in Detroit. Uh, you know, he's got Cooper Cup, number one wide receiver. He's got the defense. He's got everybody. So I think the pressure is on. Matthew Stafford, we don't know which Matthew Stafford turns up. So this is a, a really close game to call. I, I really, I, re, I won't call it. I won't do it. Wow. You, you won't even yeah. give us your pick. I will not do it. Yeah. Fire. Wow. Screw yourself. Fire. I won't do All it. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy. Yeah, I think, yeah, Jake has just nailed it. I think Matty Stafford has looked a little like Detroit Lions. Matty Stafford over the last couple of weeks. I think he's been trying too hard. He's been forcing things. He's he's looked a little unsure of himself. I on the on the flip side of it, the Cardinals have stumbled into the playoffs. They've you know, they, they've really been the drift of what the, what we all thought they were going to do for the for the whole of the season. I, I just I, I I think the the Rams defense will will just apply too much pressure and I, I don't think Arizona are going to be able to to deal with it I, if, if Stafford just needs to to keep it simple I think and he needs to be reminded that it's not all on him the way it was before yeah, you know, he, yeah. He's, he's got plenty of players around him that he can give the ball to and they will do the hard work he doesn't have to force things um, I, I, I think the, the Rams will will probably win by yeah eight, ten points, quite wow. comfortable. Coach? You know, can I say for the maybe the first time ever, I have no idea. You know, this this time of year, hold on, is this being recorded? Um, this time of year, you look for somebody to be hot. And, you know, who's on the streak? Who's playing well offensively, defensively? Maybe their secondary is playing well. Maybe they're running the ball really well. And neither of these teams are doing either of that. You know, you want you, – you say L.A.'s defense is, you know, they'll do, they won't, they will. Right. They didn't. They didn't last week. When, when the chips were down, they, they failed against Jimmy G, of all people, right? And then on the flip side of that, Arizona, you know, they can't run an offensive play in a row, you know, much less two, right. even three. So, you know, I, I have no idea. I think if you look for a catalyst, I noticed that J.J. Watt was on the practice field today. So, you know, will he be available? Will he won't? But if you look for this time of year when both teams aren't playing that well and you've got that catalyst, that could be it. That doesn't mean I'm picking Arizona. I'll, I'll take the uh, MVP Stafford to win just <laughs> by a hair lip um, over Arizona. I've, I've got the same reasoning as you, Coach, but the other way around because – I. When I look at the two quarterbacks, I've seen um, I've seen Kyler Murray do things earlier in the season that are just prime time TV. I mean, it was just out of this world, right? So I know that he's got that in him. We've seen enough of Matthew Stafford to know that he doesn't. 
He's got a good arm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in, in the playoffs, the, the, the losses in the playoffs are, are, are going to be looming over his head. He's got that kind of baggage to carry around psychologically as well. Um, and they're at home, so there's an added expectation for them to win. And they didn't look good last week either. I think Arizona wins. I've got a 17-14 win for Arizona. So it's, it's still under, but a very, very, very close game as well. Arizona last week. Uh, they play Seattle, I think. Um, the first half, they had 32 plays in the first half for just 73 yards and yeah. 10 points. Yeah. Kyler Murray, for some reason, doesn't know how to move the ball anymore. There's right. no big explosive plays, just dink and dunk, you know, short passes. So um, I don't know, more. boy, I don't know. I think Matthew yeah. Stafford boy, will get three touchdowns and three inceptions because that's what he does. <laughs> But right. that will be enough to win because I do think that Kyler Murray really isn't on form. He, he was like a, a little lost boy on the sidelines last yeah. week. If yeah. you saw him, he yeah. looked very, very dispirited. And the coach has got to do even a in the pocket with him this week. Yeah. Even in yeah. the pocket, he doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he it's Mahomes from week three, four, whatever. Yeah. Seems a long time ago for him, really, when he was playing lights out. Right. Now, I've kept the indy topic right to the end because i was wondering you know how would it feel for indy right now to have all that momentum to be one of the best teams in the afc with the momentum that they're going on and then they throw it all away by losing to much more inferior uh, opposition and then i got to find out what that feels like uh, very quickly playing the pick six against ujita um so and the way that it ended let's 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 talk about the pick six here I got cocky. I decided to give a handout and say, hey, let's, tri so, sorry, <laughs> let's triple thing. the I mean... points for the last week. And looking at the, at the, the way it turned out, I had one of six picks, three points. Yujita went on a five out of six, beat, to beat the expert, 21 points. Coach, a consistent four of six as usual. And the final score now is 90 to 85. So Yujita, congratulations. You are the uh, inaugural pick six champion uh and hey. i look forward to uh getting uh getting you back next year i i i, I waited in the tall grass that's all i did i mean i i, I you know i took advantage of your weakness and that you, wow. you would be nice to me at the at the end of week 17 and give me those double and i took advantage of it. I you know no you don't know why i'm even talking about india i, I have no shame Yujita used to say, if there's grass on the infield, play ball. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm comparing myself to Indy. I mean, I did this in true Carolina Panthers fashion. It was. I started off uh, perfect, 3-0, and 6-2, oh, and, yeah. and then didn't make the playoffs. So it's, um, and you were cocky it, too. It, it was actually yeah. very apt to the way you played this year. It was very Carolina Panthers. You're right. Perfect. Yeah. That was a good one, though. Well done. Well hey, the done. Jags weren't bad. Jags played really well. Trevor Lawrence played like he's been playing like five years in the NFL. Still it's inexcusable in for Indy. I mean, coach, yeah. as, uh, from a coaching perspective, I mean, inexcusable, right? The first 25 plays of the game, they ran the ball eight. Ah. Eight. With Jonathan Taylor. With JT in the backfield. Eight. Yeah, eight. With Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, great, great play calling. So, so let's 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 look at the old eight. Yeah, <laughs> what so is Carson Wentz's uh, contract there? How does it how does it work? Is he expected to stay there for next year? Or are they paying him a lot of money? Do they have a lot of guaranteed money? If you carry on talking, I'll find out for you. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wonder because you've got to find know, he, he's not so, the answer. So la last I heard, um, it's possible that he'll be the starting quarterback in Carolina next year. Oh, <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. Competition no. between him and Sam Darnold. <laughs> and Andy all Dalton. Know, Andy Dalton will be there as well. Indy has given us another first-round draft pick. Thank oh, you, yes. Carson Wentz. Yes. Thank you, Carson oh, you Wentz. Guys, you guys yeah. are... Miami gave us one. He gave us one. We're all good. We're all good to go. Yeah, and you don't do that well with him, so you need all the help you can get. When hey, you know how? I mean, this is the point I was trying to make. Harvey Roseman. This is the reason why he survived. Why Eagles have had three, four coaches after Andy Reid, because he gets the people in place. Yeah, coach yeah. has got to do the job. Mark, 
Wentz is there till 2025. He's a free agent. Oh, fantastic. Wow. So wow. They've, they've guaranteed, Oof. total guarantees are best part of 108 million. He did a four-year deal. So whoever negotiated that, I don't, want to, I don't want to be the general manager of the Bears. Thank you. Wow. That's wow. what we do. Well, all right. We'll wrap it up on, on, on this note. Uh, Yujita, good luck in the in the playoffs against Tom Brady. You're in a good position. You've Let's got the go. draft picks. If you lose, Let's you get to say you lost to Tom Brady, so there's no shame in that. Andy, good luck to the New England Patriots. It's going to be a close game, I think, uh, but hopefully Bill Belichick will show us why he's, he's the GOAT. Um, Chicago, Houston, Carolina. Maybe next, next year, year we'll be talking about you this time of the year. I don't know. I don't know. There's always right. next season. Yeah. There's always next season.